all I can tell you is this, don't celebrate too early. He said, that's what heaven's for. Until then, head down, keep digging. He said, uh, just don't start celebrating too early. And when I left driving back, I said, you know, it's worth all the way, worth a trip all the way to Dallas and back just to get that little glimmer of truth from a mentor. As my mother said, a man is a product of the friends he keeps, the books he reads. So over the years, I have made it a habit to have mentors in my life to whom and with whom I could be absolutely transparent. And if a leader is listening and you're not effective and you are aware you're not effective, I would encourage you to humble yourself and go to a mentor, someone who's been there, done that, someone who has character and faith and integrity and vision and just bear your soul. So, you know, it's just not, it's just not working right now. A man who is effective is changing not only a business, he's changing the world. This is The Leaders We Need with Joel Harder, a podcast going beyond the politics and policies to focus on the people who lead in our communities, states, and nation conversations that restore the civility we need in our politics while promoting the integrity we need in our leaders. The Leaders We Need with Joel Harder, a resource from Oklahoma Capital Culture. Well, welcome back to The Leaders We Need. I'm your host, Joel Harder. I want to thank you again for being an important part of changing the leadership culture in our communities, states, and nation. The conversations that you hear on The Leaders We Need are just one way that we are working to break through cycles of incivility, go beyond the policies and politics, to focus on the people leading across our nation. As you listen to this episode and others, please do leave a comment. Let us know what you think and let us know what you'd like to hear in future episodes. Also, share these podcasts with your friends. Let more people know about the work we're doing, the conversations we're having, and join in on shaping a leadership culture that will benefit and bless all of us. Well, what do leaders need to do when they discover that success may not be all they hoped it was? That's the question we began to answer with Dr. Tom Ella on the last episode of The Leaders We Need, and we're going to wrap up that conversation today. Now, Dr. Tom Eliff is a good friend of mine, and he is a phenomenal leader, one of my favorites, and his leadership experience spans multiple decades. He's led in local churches, both small and large congregations. He remains an important voice in denominational leadership, and he is the former president of the IMB, the International Mission Board, which is a global organization with personnel working on multiple continents and in dozens of nations and cultural contexts. Dr. Eliff is going to wrap up the three elements needed for effective leadership, and it really is a master class on effective leadership. Not only is he going to wrap up the three elements that make leaders effective, uh, he's also going to weigh in on what do we do when we are leading and we're not being effective. Maybe you are in a leadership position and you just know that you're not really as effective as you could be. Or what if you're working for a leader that's just not as effective as they need to be? How can you help them to lead more effectively? Well, let's jump in and wrap up this conversation with Dr. Tom Eliff on the leaders we need. 
When Leaders Matter, How Civility, Integrity, and the Leaders We Need Are Possible by Dr. Joel W. Harder. Forward, written by Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt. In When Leaders Matter, Chaplain Joel Harder presents a three-step approach to engage leaders and restore the civility we need in our politics while promoting the integrity we need in our leaders. When that happens, leaders will be able to work and inspire our communities, states, and nation to address the real problems we are facing and navigate a way forward that will benefit all of us. When Leaders Matter, how civility, integrity, and the leaders we need are possible. Available now on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and BarnesandNoble.com. The second thing Paul says, he says, called apostle. He was very clear about what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Not just who he was. He, he was an apostle, but Paul was absolutely he was absolutely clear on the fact that that the lord had a job for him to do joel you came over here in your jeep and you have a key in your pocket now i could take that key and if we, if we looked at it that key has a personality mm-hmm. just like every man or woman listening to this broadcast it has a personality little notches grooves you know now i can do a lot of things with it scratch my head i can poke a hole in a piece of paper i can open a paint can you know, sometimes damage the key. I can do a lot of things with it, but there is one place where that key fits, one place, mm-hmm. and that's in the ignition of your automobile out there. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a personality. Every person listening has a personality. There are things that you're, you're strong in this and you're weak in something else. Places you've gone, things you've done, training you have, training you do not have. At any given moment, there's a place you fit perfectly. And I know there are people listening to this broadcast who uh, have got incredible abilities in one, in some areas, and right now they feel like I'm a key opening a paint can. Mm. Yeah. I'm a key poking a hole, doing something as inane as poking a hole through a piece of paper. I've got this ability. I can, I can do this. Well, guess who wants you in the best place? God does. Mm. And so Paul said the second thing I, I know, I'm really conscious that God has a specific place for me and he's shown me what that is. But the last thing he said, I think, is is probably more um, a piece of the effectiveness uh, equation than any other. He said, I'm, in Paul's case, he said, I'm separated, he said, under the gospel of God. He, he, and, and that word separated in the Greek language, aphorizo, there's an horizon drawn around my life. There's a perimeter. Mm-hmm. And Paul said, I've made peace with where God's put me. Mm. You drive down these Oklahoma roads, and we got so many cows, and you see these big fields, and boy, with the weather we've had, many of them are so green. Isn't it crazy to see these cows with their heads stuck through a barbed wire fence, mm. eating grass out of a bar ditch, when they've got this wonderful, verdant pasture land behind them? Well, they're just not, they're just not content where they are. And Paul said, you know, I could be doing a lot of things, but I don't sit around with my feet up on my desk wishing I had somebody else's job or somebody else's office or somebody else's position. I, I accept what God's given me. Now, now, that's not apathy. Hey, listen, what God has given you is deeper than you'll ever plumb and higher than you'll ever climb and wider than you'll ever traverse. I mean, it is exciting. But he said, I've just taken this and I am giving my all for it. You know, you know, years ago, they used to tell a story about it called Acres of Diamonds, about this guy who 
hated his farm, and so he sold it to some kid and went off to make his million and uh, in the big city, and the young kid took the farm and plowing it, and he said, I'm going to make the best farm there is, and he discovered on his farm, just beneath the soil, literally acres <laughs> of diamonds, just because he was willing to take what he had and make it work. And there are people right now listening to your, your program, this, this podcast, who they're in the right place, but will they give everything to it? I mean, it's amazing yeah. what God can do. Uh, it was Descartes, I believe, who said, if you give me a lever long enough and let me put the fulcrum any place I want to put it, I can move the world. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's just raw engineering. That's yeah. science. Well, sometimes where we are, what we've been given, that's the lever and the fulcrum. Yeah. And God says, if you'll just understand, I can, you can move the world yeah. if you'll just surrender your life to me and, and, and realize this. So uh, it's been exciting for me to see as I travel the globe, I meet some people that most of your audience would look at them and would think of them as a poor old so-and-so. I've got, I've got a friend, for instance, who is, he, he, the way he lives is just barely above what we would call poverty. Yeah in our country. He lives in another country in North Africa. But that guy in his tattered clothes and bare feet is the father of one of the fastest growing church planning movements on the globe right now. Effective. Yeah. He's effective. So he could sit around, I suppose, and suck his thumb and say, I wish I lived in another country and drove a car like all my friends do and had that, but he didn't do that. He just he just gave himself to what God put in his plate. This is a master class on leadership. I mean, just each one of those elements. My summary is the the confidence in the one you're serving, the clarity in your calling or purpose, mm-hmm. and then contentment, contentment. Yeah. with where you are. See, I was trained with the alliteration in Way mind, to go. three C's, um, <laughs> each one of those. And this is, this, uh, there are so many questions that I would love to sure. drill into each of these, but I can't help but listen to you talk about each one of these and, and know that there are people listening that are leaders. There are uh, people listening that uh, are, are serving and working for political leaders, uh, business leaders as well. And I know many leaders that would struggle in each one of these elements. The that feeling of I'm a I'm a key opening a paint can. I think a lot of people uh, would sympathize with that mm-hmm. idea, or certainly the contentment, uh, mm-hmm. being being really committed to where I am now, and having that faith and trust and confidence yeah. that yeah. and being you, willing you know, to 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 take your lumps along with. Yeah. With it, you know, I, uh, there's a uh, Amy Carmichael is a, uh, wrote a poem one time. She was a missionary, and she said it was talking about effectiveness. I think she said, "Have you no scar, mm-hmm. no hidden scar in foot or side or hand? I hear you sung as mighty in the land. I hear them hail your bright ascendant star. Have you no scar?" 
Have you no wound? Yet I was wounded by the archers spent, leaned me against a tree, and rent by ravening beasts which compassed me. I swooned. Have you no wound, no wound, no scar? Yet as the master shall the servant be, and pierced are the feet that follow me. But, but yours are whole. Can he have followed far who has no wound, no scar? Hmm. So this issue of contentment means in spite of taking the punches. Yeah. You say, Lord, I am satisfied with what you have given me in this world. I'm going to do the best I can with it. Almost, it almost breeds trust when the leader has suffered and has, and has walked through. Well, it adds, it yeah. adds, yeah, it adds yeah. a sense of authenticity. Yeah. He's genuine. He's not telling me to do something he hasn't experienced. Well, and I just I just reread your book, The Red Feather, and oh. um, <laughs> and and I, I wanted, on another issue. Yeah, <laughs> well, and I wanted to share it with you though because yeah. it was so it was so good to read that because you're very you are very open and transparent across the book and telling your story and telling things that you struggled with and things that you. You, your family endured and struggled through and you know, failures mm-hmm. in your family. And right now, when we think of leaders today, there's a, there's a sense among uh, the younger generation that the greatest uh, character attribute that we look for in a leader is this idea of authenticity mm-hmm. or vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I, I was reading... I was reading your book and, and I was thinking how vulnerable and authentic and transparent you were in it. And, and yet I also have come to really believe that often what the younger generation calls authenticity, uh, older generations have simply called integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's, it's probably a good judgment. It's the idea of, of, of having proven character and an honesty about who you are, no matter what's going on in circumstance. We could go for another hour. Um, I do want to ask you, what about a leader who is not being effective? And, and I know that you've mentored leaders, you've had leaders underneath you. So you, you maybe look, uh, look on leaders that you have, you have mentored yourself. A lot of people listening to this are serving and working for leaders that are are not necessarily being that effective and that can be very frustrating discouraging give us some guidance and some hope how do we uh, how do we help leaders to be effective when when they're not well uh, you've you've addressed three different issues there with that one question how do we help leaders how do we become effective what if we see ineffectiveness in somebody else's life all of which are uh, are different issues, and and there are things written. For instance, a book called "Leading from the Second Chair," which mm-hmm. uh, I know that it, one, yeah. it, it would be a good book to read if you felt like that things were were not effective where where you are. However, let me address one issue, and that is: what if you are the leader and realize you are not effective? Mm. Um, I am Joel. I think, as you know. I am a big believer that every man ought to have mentors in his life. I'm 76. I still have two mentors. One is 94, the other is 86. 
that I meet with, the one of those 94 I meet with on a weekly basis. In fact, we'll meet this Thursday since we didn't meet Monday as we usually do. He has spoken truth into my life for over 35 years. Um, one of my mentors, funerals I preached last November, he lacked a couple of months being 102. A true mentor, he set uh, 14 world records in track, as a matter mm. of fact. Some of your audience may have seen him on Fox uh, a few months ago, straining to beat a 92-year-old man in crossing the finish line in a 600-meter race. Um, a wonderful, a wonderful mentor, speaking truth into my life. In fact, six weeks before he died, uh, I was visiting him down in Dallas. He was still then driving and teaching a Bible class at his church. And, and uh, incredible, an incredible guy. B-30, former B-36 pilot. That's the 10-engine plane that mm -hmm. could stay aloft 24 hours and had the A-bomb on it during the Cold War. And um, just a great guy. And uh, I flew 25 different uh, mission aviation planes over the ocean, mostly single-engine planes. Uh, so he had more guts than the government mule. I mean, the guy is really something. Uh, most of your audience won't understand that either. <laughs> but um, as, I was, as I was getting ready to leave, Don and I went down there to go to lunch with him, and I was getting ready to leave, and, and, and uh, he was still driving then, had his uh, Camaro out there. In fact, had driven up here when my wife died at the age of 98 from Dallas and uh, spent a day with me and driven home. Mm -hmm. But I said, Orv, do you got anything for me? And he said, uh, he said, you know, I was thinking about that. He said, I've been doing some research on uh, uh, NFL games that have been changed radically because a player started celebrating too early. He said, you know, they stepped out of bounds or dropped the ball before they went across the finish line or didn't really never went across the goal line. And um, he said, all I can tell you is this, Tom, don't celebrate too early. He said, that's what heaven's for. Until then, head down, keep digging. He said, uh, just don't start celebrating too early. And when I left driving back, I said, you know, it's worth all the way, worth a trip all the way to Dallas and back just to get that little glimmer of truth from a mentor. As my mother said, a man is a product of the friends he keeps, the books he reads. So over the years, I have made it a habit to have mentors in my life to whom and with whom I could be absolutely transparent. And if a leader is listening and you're not effective and you're, you are aware you're not effective, I would encourage you to humble yourself and go to a mentor, someone who's been there, done that, someone who has character and faith and integrity and vision and just bury your soul. Say, you know, it's just not, it's just not working right now. It's not, it's just not happening right now. Where I work, the people I serve, I am not, uh, you know, the old statement of you're leading and nobody's following. You're not, you know, you're just taking a walk. Well, that's true. And just say, I, I feel like I'm, I'm just taking a walk. A man who is effective is changing not only a business, he's changing the world. That, that is true, if, you know, just like changing the landscape of the globe. 
He's changing the landscape of his world. Lives, lives are being changed. So I would go to a mentor. And by the way, mentorship is not something you can pay somebody to do, really. I mean, you can pay somebody, but you're wasting your money usually. <laughs> it's, there, it, there's sort of a magic. It's a spiritual thing. It either works or it doesn't. You can't go and say, mentor me, because it might not work. It's just uh, your personalities might. But if, if you have it in your life and it really works, it, it's worth the world. Yeah. It really is. And I've been blessed over the year to have seven or eight men. I have the pictures of some of them right in there in my study wall. I look at them when I come in who've, who had little lessons that have changed me in a big way at strategic moments of my life. And so I would say to that man, let's start there. You know, before you go to a course, before you go to anything else, just get humble enough to go to a mentor and say, I'm not cutting it, help me. Wise advice. Tom, thank you so much. Thank you, Joel. It's been a joy. Thank you for listening to The Leaders We Need with Joel Harder, a podcast from Oklahoma Capital Culture. Oklahoma Capital Culture is a nonprofit organization shaping a culture of civility, integrity, and servant leadership among policymakers through non-political and non-partisan engagement. Learn more about Oklahoma Capital Culture and how you can help shape the leadership culture at www.capitalculture.com. Original music heard on The Leaders We Need, provided by Scott Allen Matthews at mypodcastmusic.com.